We are on page Chav Dalid in the Rabbi Yosef Kapach's introduction to the Mishneh Torah. If I can summarize what we said yesterday, Rav Kapach was telling us that the reason why the Rambam limits himself to only writing halachot that are found in primary sources is precisely because he is of the opinion that the prohibition of writing down the oral law still applies. Rather, it was put on temporary hold in order for Rabbi Uda Nasi to write the Mishnah, and later for the authors of the Talmud to write the Talmud. And that if there are instances that have no other way to be logically explained in the Mishnah, then they are allowed to be explained. But more than that, the prohibition of writing the oral law still applies. It is not abolished, rather it's suspended. And we mentioned yesterday the differences between that, for example, in cases like Shabbat. Tonight, Rabbi Yosef Kapach is going to give us an entirely different reason, though they're connected to each other. On page Chav Dalid, Nosaf Aside from the minya, the the that which held him back, there's a word, there's a word for that in English, that held him back on a halachic level from expanding his writing to include other things, but also because of the sad reality, the sad state of the union today, Rabbeinu did not see with a kind eye the embellished writing, the people's need to elaborate in writing. Precisely because that writing, which is jealousy of one person from each other, there's two jealousies here. There's the desire, the, the jealousy to write, and the jealousy, it seems to me, the word here, negidam, it's not the way it would commonly be used, is from the word neged, hitnagdut, contradictions. Lo hechach, for no reason. Even if there were reasons to write, sometimes it was done without the proper tichshoret. Here again, the word is chaf shin resh, which like kasher, like proper preparation, proper research. It wasn't done with the thorough research. Like the Rambam himself already proclaims the bitterness of his soul, this frustration, almost, about this exact problem in his generation. Especially in our days, how much more so? He says that the, nowadays it has simply passed the, the limits of normalcy. We've broken all boundaries, all borders have been crossed. And this is exactly what the Rambam writes in the first section of the Mre Nevuchim. We're quoting now the Rambam. And you should know, we have a, a consistent, not a problem, just something you should know in the writings of Yosef Kapach, is that he's not always so clear when a quote of his ends, meaning when he's quoting a book ends, and when he begins to talk. And sometimes if a person is not familiar with the original language of the book, he might think that this is still the Rambam talking. We're going to have that problem a little bit later, where we're going to figure out where does Rabbi Rucham begin, where does the Rabbi Yosef Kapach start, and we'll, we'll do that soon. The Rambam writes, "Ukvar yadata, you already know shafilu Torah shebaal pe hamekubelit that even the Torah shebaal pe, the oral law that we have in tradition, lo haitak tuval lifanim, it was not written originally. Kefiat zivui hamefursam ba'uma 
דברים שאמרתי לך על פה, אי אתה רשאי לאומרן בכתב. Like that famous prohibition, the national prohibition in Am Yisrael. Remember those words, national, national, national. These words are crucial in understanding anything to do with halakha, the way the Rambam and, and, and other poskim that are of that like think. The national law which says, in Masechet Giti, in page 60, דברים שאמרתי לך על פה, this is a Kaddosh Baruch speaking, words that I shared with you by heart. אי אתה רשאי לאומרן בכתב, you are not permitted to share them in writing. This is the famous prohibition of writing down the oral law. It was meant to be oral. That was its intention. This is the main purpose of wisdom of the Torah. The whole purpose was to stop what inevitably happens when we begin to write down the Torah. The multitude of opinions. And if I could use a word, uh, the fragmentation of opinions. And words, uh, laws that are not clear, or say maybe teachings that are not clear. That come in the explanations of the author. And uh, all the forgetfulness that comes to that author. And they will ignite wars, arguments, disputes between people. And the Jewish people will split into camps. Into denominations, into schools of thought, unvuchim b'maase, and they will become nevuchim. What is a nevuch? A nevuch, like Rambam's more nevuchim. A nevuch is one who's perplexed. In action, they'll be perplexed. You nobody knows how to do anything anymore. How do you observe Shabbat? Depends where you come from. Depends where your grandfather comes from. Depends what color your skin is. Depends what what Ben Midrash you go to. Depends what synagogue you're, what community you're in. Are you in Israel? Are you in America? Are you in Canada? Are you in Mexico? Are you in Europe? Or, Everybody has a different Torah nowadays. The Ramam says, if we begin to write, if we allow Am Yisrael to do this, the Chacham, HaKadosh Baruch Hu originally, and the Chachamim were afraid exactly of what ended up happening. This is about Halakha. It's for this reason that they were afraid. Who? Chachamim. That everybody would now have the freedom to do with halakha as they wish. If you look in the third section of the Ramaz Baran Vuchim, he writes something similar. Because it was known before HaKadosh Baruch Hu that sometimes, depending on where Am Yisrael is, depending on the situation, on the generation, on the place, on the time, remember those words Rabbi Yosef Masas once told us the Torah is dependent on those three things as well. Sometimes there are things that need to be edited, that need to be amended, things in the Torah that need to be changed. I'm reading to you another Rambam. There is flexibility in Halakha. My wife has a shoe called the Elastic Clause in Halakha. It's based on an essay of Rabbi Chaim David Halevi. Rabbi Chaim David Halevi 
talks about the flexibility of halakha. En gemishut ke gemishut halakha. There is nothing more flexible than the flexibility of halakha. You hear such a statement, and those of you who are raised in Orthodox Jewry will say, what is that? Flexible halakha? Those two words don't belong in the same sentence, let alone as a phrase. The flexibility of halakha is what kept Am Yisrael until today. The flexibility of halakha is precisely why we had Batei Din, national courts of law, that decided based on the circumstances in our times, in their times, to add, to take away, to amend, not against the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but within the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That is Ritzon Hashem Itbarach. That is the will of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because of this, HaKadosh Baruch Hu warned us against adding to the Torah and taking away from the Torah. What? You have to take away your ad, but you're not allowed to take away your ad. What does it mean? Don't add and don't take away. Because ultimately this will cause for the downfall of the laws of the Torah. And people will come to believe that if the Torah is so flexible, it's not from the creator of the universe. Remember those words. The only people who have the permission to edit or amend the Torah are the Bet Din HaGadol. The HaGadol. The with the Hei The. Not a Bet Din. Not your Bet Din. Not my Bet Din. Not Rabbi So-and-So's Bet Din. The Bet HaDin HaGadol in Yerushalayim. The national court of Jewish law. That's what gives them their power. They are the ones who were given the permission to make fences, to protect the Torah. Because there are things that will come, new situations that will arise, and the Chachamim have an obligation to protect the Torah, to stop those holes on the fence. And they will establish those fences, those siagim, as laws for the generations. Because they're a national court of law. Like it says in Masechet Avot. You must make a fence for the Torah. Who's you? Not you. Not me. Them. And if this was allowed, it was permissible for every Chacham, every Tamid Chacham, to come along and amend the Torah, we would literally destroy humanity because of the, 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 the great arguments and the separation of schools of thought. It's like a prophecy. How we live today. לפיכך, there's a letter from Chaim Abu Lafia of Tveria. He talks about a situation where he was trying to unite all the Jews in Tveria around the same halakha. He said, how can it be that Ashkenazim come and say they don't want to eat in the Sephardic people's homes? They don't want to eat in the bakeries of the Sephardim because their ovens are not kasher. And so on and so forth. He says, how could it be that one nation will live in one land with two Torot and act as if they're two nations? If you read his words, and I, I, I don't know that I've ever shared them on camera, maybe once. 
they're so heart-wrenching. You'll cry. That which was is what will be. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything, 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 everything is the same. The world continues pumping on, moving on, running on, and nothing changes. Everybody's bothered, but no one bothers to change anything. And therefore, Rabbam concludes by saying it's for this reason, precisely, that only the Chachamim who are sitting in Yerushalayim and the Bedin Hagadol had the authority to amend Halakha this way. Because if not, what will end up happening is disaster, chaos. Arav Kapach continues, כפי שנפרץ הדבר במשך דורות הגלות שרבו הגזרות והמנהגים. Just like what happens that throughout the generations of exile, רבו הגזרות והמנהגים. There have been an excess amount of decrees and customs. הפסקים והדינים. There's all kinds of פסקס. I got a פסק from him, a פסק from here, a פסק from there. דינים, all kinds of הלכות that have been invented. ואף גזרות שלא נודע גוזרן בבירור. There are even decrees which we don't even know who decreed them. We heard that so-and-so made a decree. That's what we have. The book says, we heard that someone made a decree. Who? When? Where? With which authority? In whose betadin? Every year I tell people by Kitniot, it's a gezerah. We can't take back the gezerah. Which gezerah? In order to have a gezerah, let's pretend that people outside of the Bedin Hagadol can make gezerot. Who are the rabbis that sat on that Bedin? In which year did it happen? I can tell you which year we got the Torah in Sinai. I can tell you when Ravin Anavashi finished writing the Talmud. I can tell you when the Rambam published his Mishneh Torah. Why can't you tell me which rabbis signed in this decree on Kitniot? In which generation? In which place? In which city? Where's the document? It's a gezerah, a decree. How dare you use a word that doesn't apply in the situation? A gezerah. We don't even know who decreed. Someone decreed. They observe these things, these decrees that they heard from someone, heard from someone, more than the halachot in the Torah itself. And they force these decrees even on the people who never heard that guy who said. So people have decrees that someone said that they made a decree and now this person who never heard the someone who said now we're going to force you to do it too. I was going to give a regular Shulchan Aruch class tonight after this. But the moment I read the sentence I said, how can I avoid talking about this issue that's burning right now? And min shemaya, HaKadosh Baruch brought me across the Teshuvah, God willing, in the next segment, right after this in Shulchan Aruch, we'll be doing something else. Stay tuned. Hold that thought. V'hu ha-tam, v'hi ha-siba, shelo katav rabbeinu ha-gadol b'sifro ha-atzum, yesh omrim v'yesh omrim. It's for this reason that the Rambam did not write, like Maran, or unlike Maran. Who writes, Yesh Omrim, Yesh Omrim, some say and some say, the Rambam didn't do such a thing. 
זולתי במקומות בודדים ונער יסברים. Except for very, very uh, rare instances, and even a child can go and count them. It's an expression, meaning every little child can count. Till five? Good. That's how many times the Rambam does it. Kiledato, because according to the Rambam's opinion, Hanachazo chazra hi limei bereshit, this uh, dispensation of writing the Torah Shabal Peh would take us back to the days of Bereshit. What days of Bereshit? V'ha'aretz hayeta tohu v'avohu v'choshech al p'nei tehom. That the world was chaos, nothingness, and there was darkness in the world. The Rambam knew if we allowed people to do what ultimately they did to the Torah, we'd be living in a world before the creation of the world. Tell me why nobody reads the Rambam. Why everyone runs after all the other books in the world and the Rambam's books are left on a shelf to get dusty? Why in yeshivot they don't teach the words of the Rambam? Only when they feel like it. Why in day schools they study the little Midrash says before they studied what the big Rambam says? Why? Why do we have to wait until however old we are right now to read these words from the Rambam that would have solved all the crises that we had in our faith of Halakha? If we only read these words 10 years ago 20 years ago 30 years ago some of us 40 50 years ago not only are we returning back to a situation where we're a nation without a true book we have a book but who follows those books but even the wisdom of those who study Torah are disappearing like you find in Masechen Nedarim, page 8. Someone who they excommunicate in a dream. And he dreams that they excommunicated him in heaven, whatever it was. He needs 10 people to do Hatarat Nedarim for him. And that's if they studied Halakha. Aval matnu velotanu lo. But if they studied Mishnah, but they didn't study Halakha, meaning if they studied Torah but not Halakha, they're not good enough to be from the ten Tamadech Chamim that do Hadarat Nadarim for him. Vayen Ran Sham. Look at the Ran over there. I believe, I believe this is a quote from the Ran. The truth is I didn't have time before the Shi'u to go and get my Ran and look inside of it like I wanted to. If this is not what the Ran says in the Jess Rabbi Yosef Kapach, that's also great. But I'm, I'm almost certain that this is the uh, Ran. Rambam's understanding of this piece of Talmud is as he writes in the laws of the study of Torah in chapter 7, Halakha 12. A person needs 10 people who study Halakha to permit his neder, to annul his vow his excommunication against him. And if he doesn't find ten who know halakha, he has to go and look for them until a, a, a physical distance of a parsa, whatever that is, in a different time. What if you don't find ten people who study halakha? We find him even 10 people who study Mishnah and we'll say it's good enough. What can he do? It's too far to make him travel to the next city over. Fine. So then he can use 10 people who study Mishnah. 
he explains clearly the Rambam that those, what is in Matanu, those who study Mishnah. Vitanu Hilcheta and those who study Halakha, Shoshonin Halachot Mamash, who study real Halakha. What is real Halakha? Halachot Pesukot, decisive laws, ruled laws, clear laws. Lomdim Sefer Mishneh Torah Laharambam. They study the book Mishneh Torah for the Rambam. And it's his logic is clear. Rabbi so-and-so says this. Rabbi so-and-so says that. The Rambam stayed away from writing all kinds of chidushim that he had, novel insights that he had, but he wanted to create a situation where people would be from the category of those who study halacha. What does that mean? Halachot pesukot, laws that are ruled, put into effect. When I was in yeshiva, by Rav Peretz. You know, there were two tracks in our yeshiva. Those who went to be ordained by the chief rabbinate and those who went to be ordained by Rav Peretz. Usually those who stayed in Israel had to go down the track of being ordained by the chief rabbinate because simply in Israel, if you're not ordained by the chief rabbinate, you're not even a rabbi. By the way, even if you're ordained by the chief rabbinate, you're not necessarily a rabbi for the chief rabbinate, but that's the way the tracks were separate. In those tracks, Rav Peretz focused most of his energy on Shulchan Aruch, and practical applications of Jewish law. The laws of Shabbat, the laws of Kashrut, the laws of Nida, the laws of uh, whatever, Chagim, uh, the laws of Avelut, of Semachot, the laws of Giyu, whatever laws we dealt with at the time. Chupah Kiddushin, we go on and on. But everyone should come out of there knowing Halakha well. What does Rambam say? What does Maran say? What does Rama say? What do the Poskim say? What do you do when someone comes and asks you a question? How often did Arapeles ask us in our Smicha test? But we took Smicha test, not at the end of the year. After every single siman we studied, we took a test. Every single siman. A hundred simanim, a hundred tests. What kind of tests? Oral tests. Now we're just going to just copy answers and submit them. That's it. Explain to Arab Peretz the halakha. You know how well you have to know halakha to explain it to the rabbi who taught it to you? And Arab Peretz would sit with us. No, go bring me a shulchan aruch. Let's sit there again. And he would ask us questions. Okay. What would you do if someone came to you who follows Maran? What would you do to you if someone who came was an Ashkenazi? What would you do if someone came, they're an Ashkenazi, but they're not so religious? You're afraid that if you're strict on them like the Ramah, they won't keep halakha at all. What would you do to a person who doesn't have a lot of money? What would you do for a person who makes situations? We came out of there, sometimes I tell my wife, randomly someone asked me a question, and afterwards I hang up the phone, and I say, Mori, I thank Hashem every day for putting my chilek in his bed of midrash, putting my portion in his bed of midrash. Because the things he taught us, I know well. The things that I learned on my own, I'm still learning them. The clarity of thought that I got in the bed of midrash was the clarity of halakha pesuka. My friends who are in the other programs, oh, you have to see the things they studied. The Gemarot, the Rishonim, the until people who are still alive today writing them, they have to know this opinion, that opinion, the Rabbanut said after a year, you sign up for the exam, you go take a test in a room, 300 people in the room, you take an exam for four hours, you answer all the questions, they want to know, they ask you a question, this happened to the pot of milk with the meat, they want 20 opinions, what does this rabbi say, what does that rabbi say, what does the next rabbi say, what does that say, who argues with him, who agrees with him, and then you come out of the test, by the way, they get ordination from who? From the chief rabbis who never met them. 
I know the student, he's studying halacha, I give him, I agree he should be a rabbi in Am Yisrael. The chief rabbi never met him. It's perhaps the first time in our life that we see that people are going to study halacha and becoming ordained by people they don't know. There was such a trend in our history, but not like this. To know halacha well. You'd ask one of these people. So practically, bottom line, you have a hundred opinions. What do you do? Oh, that's a good question. Not a good question. That's the real question. What do you do? It happens on Shabbat. You don't have a rabbi to call. You don't have a book to open. What do you do? Hmm, I don't know. You don't know. You don't know because fragmentation of opinions. It's a crisis of choice. You're not taught a way to think. It's good to know a lot. I agree with knowing a lot. But what about the confidence in what you know? The Rambam does not want to create another book where nobody has a clue what to do with the end after reading it. I was reminded today of a video clip I saw in the past. Who said, he said, he's not sure if he heard it, the true, this is the rabbi in the story, regardless of who was in the story. Uh, you know, I'm, because I'm not sure about who the rabbi was, I, I know the name they say, I don't want to say it. I want to say uh, Shekin. There's a big Tamikham who you know of, he's no longer with us. And they say that when he would give out the rabbinic ordination, he would tell the graduates and he would say, listen, there's two things you need to know. One, you have to know the halachot of what happens when you find a mistake in the Sefer Torah. You take out a Torah, you're in the middle of reading, you find a mistake. Know those halachot well. And the second is my phone number. Those are the two things you need to know as a rabbi. And he said, what do you mean? Those, those are the two things, that's it? He said, yeah. What did you learn in Yeshiva? Nothing. Everything you need to know, call me. Except the only day of the week you can't call me is going to be on Shabbat. And the question is going to come up on Shabbat. You're going to take out the Torah. There's going to be a mistake. You wonder what to do. At least those halachot you should know. Everything else, call me. So now we're going to give out the smicha diplomas with the 1-800 number in the bottom. For the crisis hotline. Do you you think I make fun? Whether the story happened with that rabbi or not, it doesn't make a difference. But the reality is true. We're here, 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 mamash here. A situation of gil. I didn't do a gil. Someone else did a gil. And there was a rabbi here. Ah, we don't accept this gil. Why? It's not on the list of approved gilim. Good. So what? Three tamalei chamim. Did a gil. I repeat, not us. But well-known tamalei chamim. No, it's not on the list. I said, my dear friend, not actually a friend, he's a rabbi. My dear friend, open up please, Shulchan Aruch, the laws of Giyu. He says, I don't even own a Shulchan Aruch, the laws of Giyu. So, you don't own a Shulchan Aruch, the laws of Giyu, but you have an opinion on the laws of Giyu? You have an opinion whose conversion is kasher and who's not? You've never even, you've never even read those halachot in your life. Lo yuman ki the world you're living in. And not only the Rambam saw the, the danger of all these many works, even many Acharonim reached the same conclusions based on what they had experienced. It's an interesting note. Harav Kapach says that none of these Acharonim who spoke 
about the problem of writing more books of halakha, none of them even touched this idea that there's a prohibition to still write oral law. I mean, that's not what motivated them. Just the problems that came out of writing. The prohibition of elaborating on the oral law. The book Nachalat Shiva is very famous. It's an Ashkenazi work written by Rabbi Shmuel Halevi. He was a, he lived in Poland. He was a student of the Taz on the Shulchan Aruch. There's an Ashkenazi commentary called the Taz. Nachalat Shiva is very famous because those, especially those who were married in an Ashkenazi wedding, you may notice the bottom of your ketubah says Nachalat Shiva. He wrote a, a book of many, many, many legal documents in Jewish law. And the Nuschot that he had verified and that he had uh, sifted through. And many people still are accustomed to using his uh, ketubot or other such documents. He writes, And this is what the Ma'arshak wrote to me shortly. Now normally when I see Ma'arshak, I'm thinking of Bishlomo Kluger. But it couldn't be that a Chacham who lived in the 17th century is going to be quoting a rabbi who lived in the 19th century. The Ma'arshak, he's quoting, I wrote his name, Rabbi Shemuel Kaidnover. I actually was not familiar with his Tishvot, but he sat in the same Betadin as the commentary in Shulchan called Chelkat Mechokek, and the commentary in Shulchan is the Shach. So he was the other one in that same Betadin. He wrote as follows. This is the Marshak, Rabbi Shemuel. Kol ma'alato. Everything that the Honorable One has invented in Halakha, Omer Ani, I say, Yitol ma'shechadash. Take back, Chidesh. Take back everything that you invented. Take back all your novel ideas. Ki hem Because in my eyes, they're all incorrect. They're all uh, flawed. Omnam danti ma'alato lishut. But I've judged you favorably, Honorable One. She'en sefer Bet Yosef tachadedo. You must not own a copy of the Bet Yosef of Maran. V'sam libo el acharonim taz v'shach. You must have only been looking at the writings of the acharonim, the taz and the shach. V'ani lo keni madin. That's not the way I learn halacha. Ikar iski b'poskim rishonim v'shas. I spend most of my time studying the shas and the rishonim. And anyone who is in my bed midrash, I will show him bundles of errors in all of the writings of the Chaonim. And I thank Hashem that I have nothing to do with the rabbis who wrote the books of the Chaonim. I suggest to you, my honorable rabbi, to sell all those books. Just get rid of them. Sell them to somebody else. Make some money back. Look there. And look, oh, this is a very sharp language. I actually found a copy of the book, but not much about Rabbi Yaw al-Maliach. He wrote some tremendously sharp words. And even if you think that these words may be overly exaggerated, but the foundation is a holy one, meaning the Rambam. The foundation is so many people are writing so much. It doesn't make sense. It contradicts things that come before, that come afterwards. There's no consistency. The world of halakha has become exactly what Rabbi Shimon Bar writes in Masechet Shabbat. They will search to find the words of Hashem and they won't find it. The Torah will ultimately be forgotten from the Jewish people. And they ask Rabbi Shimon Bar what do you mean it will be forgotten? He said, Ultimately, the Jewish people will not find the study of Torah and the clarity of halakha in the same place.
there will be a lot of uh, dark areas, a lot of gray areas, a lot of chaos and confusion in the realm of halakha, and no certainty whatsoever. And that certainty will lead to the people forgetting the Torah, will lead to the Torah being forgotten from Am Yisrael Chaman And the only way to fix that would be to revamp, to bring back the works of halakha which are clear, which are decisive, which are based truly on the Talmud and the Chachamim of the Jewish people. That's the end of the Rambam class. In just one minute, we'll be switching over.